0: well it 's great to great to be with you all i 've uh, I've known Stephen gosh Stephen. I think is it like twelve or thirteen years? I think of Stephen as kind of a, a couple year older brother and a close friend and it 's been wonderful to see the ministry develop here and and the stories that i 've heard of your church I, I, I wish I could just even for the my time talk about. Um, the things that I've heard over the years of God doing here in your community, um, it's just been encouraging to uh, to watch it grow and develop, and, and uh, fun, fun to be um, a part of that on the outside, praying for you all. And I also feel like, um, as Chad, Chad said, that um, only one more Christmas song, and then we're done with Christmas. I feel like I should say, one more Christmas sermon, and then we're done with Christmas, I guess. Um, Christmas isn't over quite yet. Uh, a lot of Christians kind of think of the, the rhythm of the season as Advent, anticipating the coming of Jesus, and then Christmas, this culmination, the, the Christ coming in, as light into the darkness, and then a, a little season of Christmas. Maybe you heard that the 12 days of Christmas, and so it's a, a time where we can kind of reflect deeply on the significance of the incarnation, sometimes the, the baptism of Jesus, and then moving into Epiphany starting on, on January 6th. So in one sense, I want us to sit just for a few more moments in the significance of Christmas, and we're going to use a bit of a non-traditional Christmas text. We're going to use Psalm 8, and, and as, we, as I read, I'm going to read all of Psalm 8, but we're only going to focus on two verses in a moment. And, and before I read this, let me encourage you to do this. Uh, if you want to read along, of course, it's on the screens, but even in, maybe close your eyes and just listen. Just let the Psalm wash over you. Remember what the psalms are? They're the hymn book of ancient Israel. They're meant to, to be sung and read over each other in a, in a community of God's people over the decades. And they're meant to shape the people as the, as the people sing them and listen to them. So one of the questions just to be rattling around in your mind as we move through this text is, how would singing and reciting this psalm together over a generation shape a people? So take a breath and let this psalm Wash over you. This is Psalm 8. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babes and infants you have established strength. Because of your foes to still the enemy and the avenger. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place What is man that you are mindful of him? And the son of man that you care for him? That you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. You have given him dominion over the works of his hands. You have put all things under his feet. All sheep and oxen and also the beasts of the field, the birds of the air, the fish of the sea. Whatever passes along the paths of the sea. O Lord, our Lord. How majestic is your name in all the earth. Let me pray briefly again for us. Jesus, as we think about just one slice of this, this precious text, would you open our eyes to the significance of this season, to the, the width of your love for us, the depth of your love for us. We ask that you would speak with power through this passage. In Jesus' name, amen. So meet my dog, Samson. This is, my, this is one of my dogs. Kids, anybody get a a dog for Christmas? Or an animal, a pet? Kids, anybody? No? Okay. So this is Samson. Um, So just two days ago, I don't know why Samson did this two days ago and not a month ago when my wife uh, decorated the Christmas tree with my kids, but two days ago, I wake up in the morning, I walk out of my room, and I turn the corner to where the Christmas tree is in our living room, and I see this dog's head buried in the christmas tree just and and then he hears me come and and his i I love this precious animal he doesn't just wag his tail he wags all of himself his whole body for you so he, he hears me come and he starts to wag his body still in the tree and then he turns almost smiling at me as you can see in this p- picture here and he has in his mouth one of our perfectly crafted glass ball ornaments in his mouth. And then looking at me, anticipating a game of catch, he bites down on this ball and it breaks in his mouth. Don't worry, no animals were hurt in the making of the story. He was not injured. He had the glass ball in his mouth, and looking at me, wanted me to throw the ball for him, and so made a move forward, crunching this ornament in his mouth shattering it, of course. Now, we did quickly move to get all the glass out of his mouth. He was a bit disappointed. Uh, but this, this is, this is the, the image that I saw in that moment. Samson got Christmas a little confused, right? He, he's kind of misunderstanding the symbol. He's a dog. It's reasonable why he would um, act towards ornaments the way he did. But, but he has gotten the symbols a little confused. And, and also, in that moment, I saw the, the, how fragile Christmas is. Now, now for me... Uh, Christmas is one of my favorite seasons. It may be for you, but it also can be a very hard season. I've gone through various seasons of, of, of depression in my life, and I'll be honest with you, this season, moving into Christmas, I felt that kind of melancholy come over me like a cloud. And, and if I'm honest with you, Christmas Day was one of the more negative, emotional days for me of this year for some inscrutable reason. When I saw this little ornament break in the mouth of my dog, I thought, you just captured my Christmas experience, Samson. So what I want to do today briefly is no matter how Christmas has been for you, a joyous season fulfilling all of your expectations or one of some confusion and difficulty, maybe where you're seeing that things are more fragile than you realized, what I want to do in these few moments is is go just to the very heart of what we celebrate in this season, what we remember, what the symbols mean. And we're really going to ask two big questions. How how wide is God's love for us? And how deep is his love for us? So let's look at our two verses we're going to focus on from the psalm. Psalm 8 again, verses 3 and 4. Let me just read these again for us. When I look at your heavens... The work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place. What is man that you are mindful of? The son of man that you care for him. Now remember, the the way the Psalms are supposed to function is is they're they're not academic. They're they're imagistic. They're emotional. They're evocative. We're supposed to to hear them and be moved by them. We're supposed to close our eyes and imagine the images. Hear the images, the fingers, hands of God as a potter creating the universe. So, so let, me, let me help us feel the vastness of this for a moment. 186,000 miles. Does, does anybody know the significance of that number? Any, any space nerds in the room? Yes. Oh, who said that? Raise your hand. Who's the most smartest guy in the room? Speed of light. 186,000 miles is the speed light travels in one second. Who knows the circumference of the earth? Kids, anybody get some fun, uh, like, uh, globes or space exploration gifts 24, this Christmas? Wow, 24,900 miles. Stephen, this is a brilliant group, my friend. Okay, so Math Wizards, here you go. How many times could you travel around the earth in one second if you were traveling the speed of light? Seven and a half times, right? How many seconds are there in one year? million seconds. In one year, traveling the speed of light, you could go around the earth 236,520 times. That just sounds exhausting, even if you're Superman, right? That is about 6 trillion miles. And that is a light year. It is a total distance that a beam of light moving in a straight line travels in one year. So a light year measured by distance and not just... Um, Time. Now, the name of our galaxy, the Milky Way. Any guesses on how many light years it would take to travel across our galaxy? A hundred thousand years traveling at the speed of light. Now, just for a moment, consider the vastness of just our galaxy. And the nearest big galaxy to our galaxy, the Andromeda galaxy, is 2 million light years away. And the most distant gal- galaxies that we can see are our 10 to 12 billion light years away. That is, that's a distance that we can't really even comprehend. This is just math computations of, of brilliant scholars like some in the room. But even that, even those farthest away galaxies, those are really just child steps away from an ever-expanding borders of the universe. And what that even means, borders and edges of the universe simply boggles the mind. Now close your eyes and hear this verse again. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him, the son of man that you care for him? Do you feel the impact of what God is trying to communicate to you? When you you imagine the scope, the vastness of the universe, it would be reasonable for you to say, "Who, who am I? How inconsequential, how microscopic are we in this small, tiny, obscure planet in an obscure and small, tiny corner of this vast universe. Who in the world are we? And it would be reasonable for you to say, no one. We are no one. We are insignificant. We are forgotten. We are alone. Except, what does God want you to feel? What does he want you to know? He wants you to look at the vastness of this universe and hear this. I know you, I know you, and I care for you. This word for for, uh, mindful, it's not just remembering, it's the idea of bringing to mind individuals with a sense of of kindness, of protecting, of delivering. This is the significance of the Hebrew term. And then the caring uh, uh, language. Again, the, the sense here is attending to, paying attention to, observing with practical interest and concern. The only God of this vast universe says, I choose to to make mankind worthy of my attention, my care, my concern. Though insignificant, when measured against the vastness of the universe, I choose to know and love them. So how wide is God's love for you? How wide is God's love for you? Think again of the vastness of the universe. This text from the Bible this beautiful poetry in this psalm, the answer to that question is, the love of God for you is as vast, is as wide as the universe. And now Christmas, this season, takes that to another dimension. And knowing the width of God's love for us in this image will help us to even understand the depth of his love for us. So let's look now at how deep the love of God is for you. Now, Psalm 8 begins and ends with this phrase, O oh Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. And we, we, can, we can understand the, uh, the emotion of this, of this phrase if he's the one that built and created the world like an artist, like a brilliant engineer, like an, like, a, like an artist whose, whose beauty is so intricate that it can exhaust the best scientific minds for all of eternity. We've just scratched the surface understanding his world. This God is majestic in all of the universe. Now with that in mind, we can see how entirely unexpected Christmas is and, and even scandalous The difficulty of labor, sweat and blood and pain. About half of you in this room know that better than the other half. The anticipation, the fear of new parents, of Mary and Joseph. The wonderful cry of a newborn, his body slick with mucus amid the smells of manure and hay and livestock. God with us? Like, like this? Matthew 1, says, She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. The majestic God chose to enter his own creation, He came fragile and vulnerable and with an umbilical cord to cut. Think of the creation of the universe that we just explored in Psalm 8. The Bible teaches us that that Jesus, the eternal Son of God, was there participating in the creation of all things speaking all things into existence. There was never a time when this eternal Son of God did not exist in power and glory and complete intimate fellowship with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, the Trinity. And then, then he takes on flesh, the body of a man, Jesus. A body he will have forever. In his rising from the dead, in his ascending back to the Father, in his coming again to finish the work he started, he will, he has and will have a body like ours. The eternal Son of God remaining what he was and becoming what he was not, the man Jesus. Forever the eternal Son of God will have a body like ours. God has woven himself deeply into his creation. And he did this so that we could be forgiven and welcomed into the family of God. Maybe you've sung this verse of this of this uh, carol, "O Holy Night," the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining, till he appeared, and the soul felt its worth. Do you feel your worth? Do you feel your worth in this season? Do you you see the mercy and the graciousness of, of our God in the incarnation? The incarnation shows us that God is wonderfully, staggeringly, astonishingly committed to us and all of his creation. He has forever woven himself deeply into it. Jesus, the eternal son of God, the Bible tells us will always have a body being in this creation in an astounding way. So how, how wide is God's love for you? The love of God for you is as vast, it is as wide as the universe. And how deep is God's love for you? It is as deep as the incarnation of Jesus, God in the flesh. The love of God Wider than you can imagine, deeper than we could have ever imagined. Do you feel the message of your worth in this story? I hope that no matter what disappointments you may have experienced, no no matter what hardships, even no matter what great joys you've experienced in, in this Christmas season, that the overriding experience as you reflect on what we celebrate in this season as followers of Jesus is a deep and an abiding sense of gratitude for what Jesus has done for you. A deep and abiding sense of the worth that God has given you. But maybe some of you here aren't yet convinced that these things are historically accurate or true. Maybe you think this is a great story, but you're not sure if it really is the true story of the world. One, that is absolutely fine. That You're in the right spot to be thinking about these things, to be engaging these things. But let me encourage you with this. If you even feel the spark in you that you hope this story is true, that you hope that God knows you and loves you this way, that he's pursued you in this way, if there's even a spark in you that you think, I just, I'm just i not sure if I'm convinced Christians are weird, I'm not sure if I want to join that group yet. But if you feel in your heart, I, I hope, I wish it's true, I would encourage you to fan that flame. To look at that spark as God speaking. To lean into it. And see what, my, what God might build that spark into in this coming year. So let's look at Samson again. Come on, that's a good looking dog, right? Come on, guys, right? So we, we've talked about these two big ideas. They're big theological ideas. They're big emotional ideas. How wide is God's love for you? How deep is God's love for you? But let's make it just unbelievably practical because just knowing these things or just even this moment feeling the emotional weight of them, sometimes it doesn't have the the lasting power, the, the shaping power that these stories are meant to have. So think about Samson. He's a great dog, but he's a dog and he's not even the smartest dog, right? But Samson knew something about this round object sitting in the tree. He got the story wrong. It's an ornament, right? It's not a ball, But he he saw the object and he knew what to do with it. How did he know that? How? How did this simple little creature identify how he could use that object that was sitting right at the level of his snout in my tree? He didn't read a book about it. He wasn't instructed in it. We just do really simple things for Samson over and over and over, and he understands what a ball does. We play catch. It's repetitive action where he's engaged with us, those who love him, in this very simple repetitive action, convinces him deep in his psyche, however he thinks and knows things, that that's what that is for. And I would encourage you to consider these high and amazing ideas, these truths of the, of the, of the world that God loves you this way. I would encourage you to take those massive, theologically significant ideas, emotionally weighty concepts, And bring them down into the most simple, repeatable actions that you can think of this year. It could be as simple as waking up in the morning and asking this question. How wide is God's love for me? It is as wide as the universe. As simple as as taking a month and saying that in the morning. I know it may sound a little cheesy, but do it by yourself. No one needs to listen, right? Maybe if you have kids and you can whisper that in their ears, do you know how wide God's love is for you? As wide as the universe. Do you know how deep God's love is for you? As deep as Jesus coming to dwell with us. Do something unbelievably simple. As simple as throwing a ball for a dog and what you will find... And, and this is in the psychological literature, what you will find is it will begin to shape you deeply in ways that will be surprising. And it could, again, be very simple as waking up in the morning saying these words, find something this year. You're all gonna, we are all going to come up with resolutions and things we're going to do. Why don't we do this? One very simple one that weaves this story deep into us. Maybe it's as simple as waking up and saying, Jesus knows me and loves me. Let me end with this final recitation of this verse. Close your eyes and hear what God says to you about his love for you. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him, the son of man That you care for him. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Let's pray. Jesus, I pray you would help us to believe and trust this message from your scripture. That your love for us is as wide as the ever-expanding universe. And that your love is as deep for us as Jesus coming to dwell with us. Deeply woven into creation forever. Would this stir our hearts? Would it motivate our imaginations? And would you help us find simple practices to weave them deep into our very identity? In Jesus' name, amen.